0: The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Yo, yo, yo! Let me let me tell y'all one thing. real quick. the Wizards, maybe two and twelve when Russell Westbrook plays other teams, but against the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and, and James Harden, he just hasn't played. The Wizards are two and zero. How about that? How about that? Welcome to another episode of Round Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Ford, and this is going to be short. I'm going to come back hopefully later on uh, tomorrow with the, not only a deeper little dive, I guess, if you will, but just in general NBA topics, but a little out under the weather with a little bit of a cold. But if you thought it was going to stop me from talking about Russell Westbrook for a couple minutes, you were wrong. You were all wrong. Yesterday's game of the night was easily... The Wizards vs. Nets. Washington won 149-146 in a last-minute thriller. This was an insane game. Uh, let's just talk about the Nets to begin with. They came out on fire from the jump. Uh, you had early threes from Kevin Durant. You had Joe Harris with a career-high eight three-pointers. He had 30 points. Uh, th- this was this was crazy. After um, the Nets went on an early run, with his called timeout, the Nets continued to scorch the basket from deep. Continued. Harris hit another three. Uh, their team went up as high as 14. Uh, Jeff Green was cooking. It was 31 to 13 on one point. Then, the Wizards ended up making a nice little change. They looked for a spark of the bench, and they found Ish Smith. And Ish Smith came with some instant energy, Some a nice layup, 13 points, 7 assists. The Wizards surrendered 38 points in the first quarter. You know that the Wizards' defense is, is just the worst in the NBA. Right? Now, mind you, they made a nice run at the end of the first quarter. 15-7 to run. Uh, Berton Bertonis hit a 3. He would finish the game with just 11 points on 3-12 shooting from 3. But the Wizards trailed by 10 at the break. Not too bad. Being of the second, the Wizards had some more momentum. Mo Wagner got going. Mo Wagner with 16 uh, points on 7-8 shooting. Ishmith again. Bradley Beal didn't even attempt to field goal until the 8-minute mark of the second. But it didn't matter because Russell Westbrook was playing very, very well, y'all. Right? Russell Westbrook just the game before, had had a season-high 26 points. Tonight, last night, 41 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. All right? His three-point shooting, actually, was very, very solid. And, and, and the big reason why the Wizards were able to look somewhat respectable from shooting threes, even though that's not saying a lot when they shot three of 18 in the first half. So, I, I mean, it was just crazy. Now, you know... As the game got tighter and tighter with his claw back in, you know that the Nets have their guys. Kevin Durant, 37 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Kyrie Irving, 26 points, 8 assists. You know they, one of those two guys were going to shoot the ball. You had Joe Harris out there able to hit a 3, you know, just to keep the defense um, aware. But let's be real. We knew who was going to, right? But guess what? Westbrook and Beal, they were matching. Beal had 24 points in the second half. The two of them had 37 points altogether. With 12 seconds left. This is where it got game time, y'all. This is where Magic Johnson would say this is winning time. 12 seconds left. The Wizards is down by five. Beal sped up the court. Hit a long three. Defense in his face. Yakum. Didn't even matter, right? That leaves seconds seconds on the clock. Joe Harris takes the ball. Inbounds. He's looking for uh, Kevin Durant. It must be a big miscommunication because he zigs. Uh, Durant does. Where I guess he should have zagged. Harris throws the ball right to a very aware Garrison Matthews, who steals the inbounds pass, dishes it to Westbrook, and Westbrook hits the biggest three of the year, biggest three I'd say of his, of, his, of of I wouldn't say of his career, but of the last three years for him. It was insane. It was insane. Brooklyn missed a game-winning layup. And that was all they wrote, y'all. That was all they wrote. Wizards win, one forty-nine. 146. What a wild finish. Uh, afterwards, Irving would say he couldn't guard a stick today. But guess what? When that stick is Russell Westbrook, ain't no way you touching that. Ain't no way you touching that. So, no, you couldn't. And that's okay. That's okay. Right. got to talk about the Nuggets and the Jazz. The Jazz... We're on an 11-game win streak. People have been talking with them all the time. They look they look great. Let's let's be real. I was saying pump the brakes on them being um, a finest contender and all that jazz, but they've been very, very good. And guess what? It stopped with Denver. It stopped with Denver. Nikola Jokic said, we're not having any more of this. We're not having any more of this. And he was cooking. Dude had 22 in the first quarter, 33 at the first half. He had 47 points. Tying a career high for him, couldn't be stopped. Aggressive, looked just like he was in that first round series against the Jazz last year. Just, just going to town. He wasn't alone. Uh, you know, he was the guy who was the catalyst for this in terms of the Nuggets really just being aggressive. And when you look at it, yeah, 47 on 65% shooting, y'all knocked all four of his threes down, nine of 10 from the free throw line. The guy was on fire. But all in all. The Nuggets had five guys in double digits. You had 18 from Will Barton. You had sixteen from Jamal Murray on pretty decent percentages. You had eleven from Michael Porter Jr. and you had ten from Paul Millsap. Good decent bounce all across the board for a Nuggets team that, let's just be real, they were on fire. 54% from the free from the field goal. Fifty four percent from the field. Sixty four percent from three. Eighteen to twenty eight from three. You had 4-4 four four from Jokic, 5-6 from Barton, 2-2 two two from Millsap, 1-1 one one from Porter, 1-2 from JaMichael, 2-6 from um, Jamal Murray, and then 1-2 uh from Monte Morris, 2-4 from Facundo Campazzo. I mean, these guys were they were they were on fire from 3. Now, you can't really say the same for the Jazz, except that you kind of can. They shot a not too bad, 42% themselves, 20 of 47. Bojan Bogdanovic loved the way 29 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 of 10 from 3. Rudy Gobert definitely held in check. In 25 minutes, just 12 points and 8 rebounds. The backcourt for the Jazz is really where things went awry. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley combined to go. Get this, 5 of 22 from the field. 4 of 16 from 3. They did make all 11 of their free throws between the two of them, but when you're getting such bad production, 25 points on 22 shots between both of them, that's not super great, is it? No. Now, Conley had eight assists and you know, Mitchell had three and a steal. But like you weren't getting a lot of contribution from them in that way. Joel Ingles played decent off the bench, ten points, six assists. Jordan Clarkson, you know, six man of the year candidate. didn't have the greatest six man game, but guess what? You get some, you you don't get some. Thirteen points. Three rebounds, two assists for him. Sorry. Yo, I am under the weather, but we had we had to talk about some of these games. Anyway streak is over at 11 for the Jazz. It was a good one. It was a tight one. They, they beat a lot of teams I thought they should have beat. So I didn't give them that much credit for it. At the same time, you look at how they win, and it was very, very dominant. And guess what? The Jazz can get right back on a new streak. They host Detroit on Tuesday after the Nuggets get them on Monday. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Clippers beat the Knicks 129-115. This game, you know, Cl- the Clippers cruised. But honestly, they all had a lot of respect for the Knicks. Let's talk about the Clippers first. 26, 28 points for Kawhi Leonard, eight of fifteen shooting. Uh, he wasn't the only one there. Balance going across the board for the Clippers. You had six players in double digits. Uh, Reggie Jackson at eighteen points on fifty percent shooting. Paul George seventeen points, forty-three percent shooting. Then you had Serge Ibaka, Patrick Patterson, and Marcus Morris, all in double figures for the Clippers. And again, that was really nip and tuck until the Clippers said, oh, wait a sec, we are the Clippers? And they pulled away. For the Knicks, Julius Randle played very well. 27 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 50% shooting, 4 three-pointers knocked down. R.J. Barrett, 23 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 9 of 14 from the field. Really solid for him. Emmanuel, quickly, he was the star of the night. 25 points, 9-16, that floater game, man, he's the best floater in the NBA, this floater's earliest signature shot, the guy is insane with it, he's only 2-8 from 3, but he was a spark in other ways, definitely didn't back down, you had high praise for him, from Patrick Patterson, from Kawhi Leonard, who gave some more talk on RJ Barrett, I mean, the Knicks, you know, in defeat, they got a lot of love from the enemy, which was really kind of neat to see for a team that is trying to change the narrative on how they play. Austin Rivers in their potential revenge game against the old, old team didn't really have it. 17 minutes, four points, two, one of four shooting. You yeah. know, Austin Rivers' experience there. But all in all, I'm telling you, the, the Knicks at 9 and 12, they do not play like. A, they, they're right there in the AFC right now. Like, they are a very solid squad right now. It's really cool to see. Really cool to see. We'll see how they shake out. I want to talk about them more in a little bit depth in the future, but. In the meantime, between time, yeah, I, we talked about this with the Jazz in terms of their win streak. It's not about you winning sometimes, about how you're winning. And, and the way the Knicks are winning right now is a lot of hope for the future. I'm just going to leave it at that. They have a lot of hope for the future in the way that Thibodeau is setting down um, a good foundation. These guys are playing with grit and energy. And you could tell, I don't want to say the right way because, I mean, are we in, like, 1980? Like, the right way. But they're playing in a way conducive to sustained success. I will say that. All right, y'all. Philadelphia versus Indiana. That was a different entering still one. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers were playing without Joel Embiid. You know, they were trailing the Pacers by a, a good chunk of it. And the Sixers came out and just absolutely slugged the Pacers in the fourth quarter. Just absolutely handled them in the fourth. Had a great rally. Uh, the team was trailing by 16. And guess what Doc Rivers had to do? He threw in his own defense, which apparently just threw everyone up. It, it, it stopped Indiana's movement completely. Doc Rivers after the game said, we were calling our John Cheney matchup zone. It was great. What it did was stop their movement. You missed a couple of threes early in the zone in the NBA and it becomes tough all of a sudden, end quote. Uh, Indiana, yeah, they just never figured it out or, or never recovered or both. I mean, it was something else. And for the 76ers, you know, they were sitting out Without Joel Embiid, who was sitting out because of a sore back. Probably traced back to the game against the Lakers we already talked about, but Tobias Harris led the way with 27 points and 8 rebounds to for Philadelphia. Four Concord, Korkmaz added 17 points, including basically two of the bigger baskets of the game. Uh, two just real tough mid-rangers, one with 2.30 left to play. They give the 7.6 to the lead, and the other to make it 109-106 on the very next possession. And, Yeah. It was something else. Um, ben Simmons played strong, 21.7 assists, 6 rebounds, and 4 steals. A little bit of everything, way to bounce back. Dwight Howard in the start, 11 points and 15 rebounds. Or I'm sorry, off the bench, 11 points and 15 rebounds. It was a really uh, solid game for them. Now, Jeremy Lamb, now is he the star of Indiana? No, he's not, but I do want to give some love to him. He scored 12 points. This is his fifth straight game in double figures. Remember, he returned from a torn interior cru- cruciate ligament in his left knee, and it was horrific having an injury, so to see him come back and, and playing as well as he has, you love to see it, we're talking about who led the Pacers, we're talking about Malcolm Brogdon, not just in scoring, 25 points, 47% from the field, 4-3 points knocked down, 40% from there, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, just in general, really a strong piece for them all year, DeMontis bonus, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, we had to give him a big knock because the dude took five threes and did not knock down any of them. You gotta say, what do you say? You you're glad he took the threes and you upset he missed them? I don't really know where you go with that, but gotta give him a knock on that. Aside from that, seventeen points for Aaron Holiday off the bench, seven of eleven shooting. We already mentioned uh the aforementioned points from Jeremy Lamb, who did it very efficiently. And just after that, you get a whole lot of help. Six points for Justin Holiday. Nine for Miles Turner on one of six shooting. You know? Doug McDermott had a great very efficient eight points and five rebounds, but you need more than that. TJ McConnell, nine points and eight assists. Need more than that, and that utter collapse, super super rough, super rough for them. Toronto beat Orlando 102, no, what 115-102. Don't know why I came out the other way with that, but 115-102. Uh, Raptors needed the win, plain and simple. Uh, they went on a huge jump, 27-15 in the first quarter, outscored them in the second quarter. You know, had a nice little dip in the third. and Now scored in the fourth. They had more bench points. They had more points in the paint. They built a lead as big as 22. Orlando's biggest lead was one. You know, and, and honestly, this game was, this was it. Pascal Siakam had 30 points and 10 boards. And this is Pascal's second straight 30-point game. And it helped the Raptors stop a three-game losing streak. So, you know, it wasn't just him. Kyle Lowry had 12 points and 14 assists. Aaron Baines had 8 points and 16 rebounds. Utah Wannabe. Watanabe came off the bench, hit 3 of 3 from 3 for 11 points. Uh, and then for the Magic, Cole Anthony led Orlando with 16. Nikola Vucevic added 15 points and 14 rebounds. The Magic have lost 11 of 13. They also lost Magic forward Aaron Gordon, who left the game in the third quarter with an ankle injury after scoring 14 points. We'll have to see what happens there. Um, Orlando shot 40% from the game, and a 3-pointer by Gordon coincidentally is what gave the Magic their first and only lead, which was way, way back at the very beginning when they led 3-2. to two. So that was that for you there. And then, lastly, just to round it out, the Minnesota Timberwolves got a much needed win over the Cleveland Cavaliers, 109-104. Like I said, much needed. The Wolves clamped down the second half. They were able to kind of take it by the horns and and run away with it that way. Uh, they also snapped a three-game slide, similar to the Magic. I mean, similar to the Raptors. Malik Beasley scored 23. Rookie Anthony Edwards, as we already know, at 23 in a second straight start. DeAndre Russell added 19. And, you know, that helped the Russell, uh, that helped the, uh, Timberwolves not only snap a three-game losing streak, but they won for the third time in 17 games. Good three-point shooting from them. Timberwolves connected on season-high 16 threes. They converted 40% from beyond the arc. So, got guy like that. Uh, Drummond. His third 2020 game of the year in the loss. 25 points, 22 rebounds. The Cavs scored 72 points in the game. Collins, 6 16. Uh, but unfortunately, Cleveland has now lost for the fourth time in five games. We'll have to see what happens here, uh. The Wolves had no way of stopping the Cavs from not only letting Drummond do any work inside, but also letting the Cavs score 72 uh, points in the paint, because they didn't have Carl Anthony Towns or Nas Reed. uh, Carl Anthony Towns still COVID-19, Nas Reed with the wrist injury. So, you know, they they had a rough time, and the Cavs did build a double-digit lead, because Drummond just had his way after him against, you know, Minnesota's smaller guys. Drummond had 10 points and 6 rebounds in the first quarter. Cavs shot 70% from the field in the first quarter. Wolves closed it to a, a six-point uh, six lead at half, had the back-to-back threes from Russell and Beasley, and then third quarter, they took on uh, took on control, especially with Anthony Edwards, who was insane uh, in terms of getting aggressive to the rim, finishing with some nice layups, good spin moves, shot four, seven from three, just did really, really good for him. The Wolves, in the fourth, held Cleveland 18 points and 30% shooting to hold it down. All right, y'all, well, that's what I got today. little last little bit of trivia here. Not even trivia, but just a little note for the Cavs up. With three points early in the game, Drum became the fifth active player with 9,000 points and 8,000 rebounds in his career. That joins LeBron James, Dwight Howard, Tyson Chandler, and LaMarcus Aldridge. He began the day as the only player of the season with at least 300 points and 250 rebounds. The guy is on fire right now. Is he a a trade deadline candidate? I think so. Definitely not a buyout guy in my mind. The guy's making too much money and, and playing too well. But so far, what you see from him, so, so good. All right now I am done because my throat, y'all, it's it's on fire. It's cold, and it's, whew, it's it's something else. Just a little under the weather. But uh, I'm going to get through it, drink some tea, have my lozenges, you know. We're going to make it happen. Uh. But make sure to check out Hoopball on Twitter. at On Twitter, Hoopball. Tweets online, hoop-ball.com. Make sure to check me out on Twitter, at CorbinNBA. This has been and will be another great day. You know what it is. I am frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. That's the goal. I, right, Joe. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.